Praise God. Hallelujah. God bless you this morning. I'm Pastor Tuck and welcome to the word at my church. If this is your first time joining us, we want you to know you're in exactly the right place. You're exactly where God wants you to be. And I want to encourage you to share this broadcast with at least three people, because as believers, we have a mandate to spread the gospel of Christ all over the world. We are a teaching ministry with a mission to help people get better by teaching them how the word works. So go ahead and get your Bible, your notebook, your pen, your highlighter, and let's get ready to dig into God's word. But before we do, let's begin with our Bible confession. So go ahead and grab your Bibles in your hand and repeat after me. This is my Bible. I believe every word. I am who it says I am. I can have what it says I can have. I can do what it says I can do by hearing its word and applying it by faith, it'll change my life. So I declare right now from this day forward that my life will never, ever, ever be the same again. And neither shall the life of anyone with whom I share this word. So I declare I'm going to share this word with someone so that their lives will be changed forever in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Let us bow our heads. Precious God, Lord, we thank you today. Father God, we thank you, Lord, for the moments of preaching, Lord, for revelation. Father God, insight and foresight. Father God, prepare our hearts, our minds. Father God, Lord, that our ears will be receptive, our hearts would be, Lord, alert. Father God, Lord, that we would receive, Father God, Lord, that which you pour out today. Father God, Lord, that we can be transformed into that which we see, hear, and understand. Father God, Lord, we know, Lord, that you are doing a conversion work in the body. And Father God, Lord, that we would be a part of that conversion. Father God, we thank you for all the, the, the knowledge, the wisdom, Father God, Lord, that you pour out on us, Father God, Lord, because your word transforms. And Father God, we thank you, Lord, we bind every contrary spirit, every demonic force, anything that would attempt to hinder us from receiving what you're making available to us today. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, if you've been with us, then you know that this is the year that God wants to restore the church to a place of greater influence and impact. And I told you it is essential to the restorative or restoration process that we have a firm foundation. Because if our foundation is not stable, any attempt to build will be unsuccessful. So for the past couple months, we've been talking about the foundational principles of the church. And we've been focusing on the principles of kingdom identity and kingdom authority who God says we are, and what he says we can do. Well, this morning, we have a special treat for us this morning. One of my mentors and friends, Dr. Russell Cash, who is no stranger to the My Church family, is about to give us a preview to the next principle that we're going to be talking about in our principle in our foundational series about the foundational principles of the church. And so I'm going to get out of the way and let Dr. Cash come and bring this powerful, life-changing word. So Dr. Cash, come on and bring us this word this morning. God bless you today. See you after the message. Good morning, my church. It is great to be here with you today. If you've been here for any length of time, I'm no stranger to you. I'm Dr. Russell Cash, my wife, Pastor Vita, and I, Pastor Flow Church, uh, we are global. We are online ministry and we have study groups and satellite campuses in Florida and North Carolina, and Virginia, New York, Texas, a couple other places throughout the country and the world. Uh, but we all are one big church. So we're thankful to God for all of our members, partners, friends. Thank for my two wonderful children. Uh, 
We love Pastor Lewis and Pastor Stephanie. We thank God for them. They are dear friends of ours, and, and we are blessed to know them and blessed to be here with you today. Just recently, some of uh, your pastor and some of the key leaders from your ministry came to our Overflow Summit uh, that we have for senior leaders in ministry, and it was just a blessing to have uh, them with us and uh, Brother Mike and Sister Dee and Sister Karen. We thank God for them uh, just blessing us and being a part and, and Pastor Stephanie and Pastor Lewis were there as well. And we just thank God for the My Church family. And so I have an assignment to do today. I'm not going to be able to finish it all. I already know it, but I'm going to do my very best in the time that I have. And you, I talk to Pastor Tucker often. We're good friends and I'm, I'm going to challenge him that when, you know, he's ready and, and God puts it in his heart for him to pick this up and teach this because I believe this is something that needs to be taught and taught again and taught again and expounded upon. Uh, I'm going to be ministering on it for quite a while because I believe it, it is just a word for the Lord for this time for us as kingdom citizens and believers. And I'm always blessed when I get to come to my church because I get to preach just like I do at my church. <laughs> Praise God. And I am thankful to God for what we're going to do. So um, as far as a title, uh, we we can just, if we can just use the word education, that'll be great. I, I wrote down some titles. I, I want you to kind of give this your own title. We can call it the education mandate for kingdom citizens. We can call it the literacy test for the kingdom. Uh, we can call it learning. We can call it lifelong learning. Uh, whatever name and or title you want to give this, which you want to put this on, uh, you feel free to give it that title because uh, what you get out of it and what you put into it uh, should equal up. So, I, I titled this sermon education, or again, you title it how you, you feel, feel free and, and see fit to title it, but I also want you to know this sermon is about money, it's about legacy, it's about family, it's about happy marriage, it's about good health, it's about a sound mind, it's about politics, it's about social engagements, and it's about race relations, and a number of other topics. And all of those come together in and around education, and when I'm talking about education, I'm not talking about Bible education in this instance, so much as I'm talking about pure learning, reading and writing and arithmetic and, and science and sociology and social studies. And I'm talking about, at the core, book learning. And all of that has a foundation of the word of God because we come from God and wisdom and knowledge comes from God. But I don't want us to be confused with being good Bible scholars because all of you are good Bible scholars and Bible students. And I'm going to show you plenty of scriptures today. But I want us to just look at learning in its pure form of just taking in information, processing it, and making it your own. Let's go to the first scripture because I got a lot for you. This is going to be so good. Luke chapter 10. Luke 10. 25 and 26, and I'm going to read a lot from the English Standard. I'll read some from the King James Version, but it sounds just about the same. Luke 10, 25 says, And behold, a lawyer stood up 
to put him to the test saying, teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? 26, he said to him, what is written in the law, in the law and how do you read it? And so I want to take the emphasis there on the last few words of Jesus statement, because here the lawyer comes to him with the question and then Jesus comes back with the question. And now this wasn't uh, belligerent or wasn't Jesus trying to dodge the question as it may seem based on our American kind of standards of someone asks you a question and polite responses to answer it, etc. This was the normal discourse for rabbis and it was question followed by a question. And often with that level of discourse, it's because the answer the person wants to come from you that asked the question, they want to pull from your bank of knowledge as opposed to necessarily giving you some new knowledge. They're trying to pull out of you what's in you as opposed to necessarily putting something else there because they know you already have something inside. That's very important. I want us to, to hold on to that for a second. So the word they read is two words and it's two words in the Greek and it's the word Anna, which means repetition. And it's the word Gnosko. You think about Ginkgo, like Ginkgo Biloba has to do with your mind. Uh, that's the word to know. So it's repetition and know. And the actual word in the uh, Greek is to know again, right? So he, he says there, how do you read it? How do you know it again? So he was pulling out of him something he already knew and asking him how he could know it again or how he could update the, how does he update his knowledge of what he read? How does he stay current on what he read? How does he stay prolific in it? How does he become a lifelong or a continued learner? Because every time you read something, you have the possibility of getting new insight more insight, better insight, different insight, compound insight, expanded insight, uh, shrunken insight, narrower insight. You have that capacity when you continue to read and study and learn a particular topic or particular verse, particular writing. The word know there means allow, be aware, perceive. This is Gnosko. Resolved, can speak, be sure, understand. So he said, what's written in law and how do you allow it to reside in your mind? How are you aware of it? How do you perceive it? How do you speak back what you read in scripture? And the guy answered in speaking back, how are you sure of it? How do you understand? Let's read another scripture and I'll, I'll give you a point here. Isaiah 29 verse 11. And a vision of all became unto you as the words of a book that is sealed, which men deliver to one that is learned, saying, Read this, I pray thee. And he saith, I cannot, for it is sealed. Sealed meaning locked. So the scripture here is saying that the vision was as if you gave a book to a person and they could read. They were learned, so you put a lock on it so they couldn't unlock the book so they couldn't get to the knowledge or the information, even though they had the capacity to learn. 
Now watch this. Verse 12 says, And the book is delivered to him that is not learned, saying, Read this, I pray thee. And he saith, I am not learned. So now he's giving the book to someone who is unlearned. And that person, watch this, there's no record of there being a lock on that book. He gave this person the book, but simply because of their lack of learning, their lack of wisdom, their lack of knowledge, because they weren't educated enough, the person didn't have to put a lock on it to keep it away from them. If he could keep them from being educated, he could save money on locks because there's no need for a lock on a book for someone who can't read. Look at verse 13. Wherefore the Lord said, For as much as this people draw near me with their mouth and with their lips do honor me, watch this, but have removed their heart far from me. Oh, let's stop there for a second. He says, they honor me with their mouth and their lips. You know what he was saying? Praise and worship is on fire. They run around the church. They hoot and holler. They in their living room. As soon as the broadcast come on, they jumping up and down. They're singing along with the praise singers. They're dancing. They're clapping. They're doing their thing. They're shaking their groove thing. They're hallelujah. They're toda. They're yada. They're yaka means to dance. Dance. They were doing all those things. But then he said, he said their mouth. He said, so they were talking right. He said their mouth and their lips, their lips were moving to the same beat of the same word. They were in line. He says, but have removed their heart far from me. This word heart means your feelings, your will, your intellect, your mind, or your wisdom. They remove their heart from him. So they willfully made a decision not to learn anymore or they changed their learning or they stopped being inclined to learn. And their fear toward me is taught by the precept of men. So they remove their heart and the fear toward me is something that they got from men because they stopped giving me their will, their intellect, their knowledge, and they gave it over to men and they just took whatever meant, oh, glory to God. So whatever the subject is, they just got it from CNN or MSNBC or Fox News. I'm not picking on any of their political slant, but I'm just saying they didn't get it for themselves. Something came out and they said something about a person and instead of them going and actually reading the transcript instead of them going and researching it themselves instead of them going to the source they just took whatever men said and they were afraid because of what men said and so they were so busy praising god with their lips but had no knowledge they had no mentally hadn't given and so then they were led astray while they were singing write this on your paper you're taking notes your proficiency with words impacts how much of God he can relay to you. 
I'll say it again. Your proficiency with words impacts how much of God he can relay to you. Think of this for a second. Let's just do a case study for a minute. If God said to you, run, God said, run, what would you do? Well, you probably put your tennis shoes on, get in a stance, and you just go running just as, as fast as you could. And that's okay. But what if God wanted to say something to you a little more detailed? What if he wanted to say scamper, abscound? What if he wanted to say canter, trot, gallop? What if he wanted to say hotel, right? What if he wanted to say amble? What if he wanted to say bolt? Those words are synonyms and near cousins of the word run, but they have different meaning. Like, for example, to abscound means to go away secretly. And so if all he could say to you is run, and if you were to just run in broad daylight, the enemy would catch you or you'd be going and run or you'd get stared. He couldn't communicate to you to run. And then within the word run, there's run as in move real fast. There's run for office. There's running your stockings. There's the run of show. There's a runny nose. There's a running faucet. So there's multiple Synonyms, meanings, definitions, nuances of the word run. But if your learning was limited, you could only hear and God couldn't speak to you and God couldn't talk to you. And I know you're probably thinking, well, Dr. Cash, because you're a well-learned person, you're a Bible scholar, you're, 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 you're coming back to me with a response and it's in your mind right now. And you're thinking, well, God is God and God can speak to me and God can get to me. And as long as if I just say, Lord, help me. He'll help me and I, and I don't have to have any eloquence and I, I don't have to have all this uh, knowledge and understanding because God knows my heart. Yes, but your same God in Matthew 25 said to one he gave five, to another he gave two, and to another he gave one. Every man according to his several abilities. Five, two, and one every person according to their several different abilities. So wasn't they didn't want to give the two talent person and the one, wasn't they didn't want to give them five, they just didn't have the ability. You say, well, yeah, pastors, this is talking about ability. It's not necessarily specifically their learning. It could be their strength or their might because the word ability there means power. Well, think about that for a second. If talents was money, which it was, if he's given them money, they didn't need power, physical power or strength. They didn't need power to work a job to get money. He was giving them money. The ability or power they needed was to either maintain or to improve upon the position that they were given. They needed something. Now, what goes with money? What power do you need with money to make more money? Okay, yeah, see, you're getting it now. There's a reason why uh, MBAs cost, you know, $80,000, $100,000 for a year and a half worth of study. But why? Because people with MBAs, they get what's needed to make more money. If you, if you go to Charles Schwab, if you go to 
uh, Payne Weber or any other investment house, Fidelity, if you go to uh, uh, Nations Bank, if you go to any financial institution, Merrill Lynch, right? If you go any place you go, there's people there who are highly educated, who've gone to school to get education to deal with money because you need that education to increase the money. We're just talking about education here. We're not talking about, oh, just the word of God. No, we're talking about, we're talking about book smarts. And let me show you, let me show you, let me show you. Glory to God. Proverbs 21 and 20. I, I don't want to have, don't have a lot of time, but write it down. But it says, precious treasure and oil are in a wise man's dwelling. But a foolish man devours it. See, la. Treasure, wise, foolish, devour. The power or ability that he measured to whether or not he was going to give them five, two, or one was their smarts that they could apply to the money and increase the money. Let's read some more. I got to give you this in the word because this is new for a lot of people. A lot of people haven't haven't really put together the education piece. Uh, uh, a lot of times, us preachers, and I'll put myself with, with my brethren and sisterin, we emphasize how much the word, you gotta get the word, you gotta come to church, get the word, gotta study, get the word, nothing wrong getting the word. I'm a word man. I have a doctor degree in theology. I've, I've read a lot of word, read a lot of Bible. But in reading said Bible, a lot of times it's been overlooked that A person may not not want to worship God or may not not want to serve God. It may just be they don't have the reading comprehension ability. Selah. Right? You, you need you need good reading comprehension to be able to. Well, bless the Lord. <laughs> In Matthew. Chapter 24, before he said that about the five talents, he said this, and this gospel of the kingdom, 24 and 15, this gospel of the kingdom will be proclaimed throughout the whole world as a testimony to all nations, and then the end will come. It's one of my favorite scriptures. Doesn't say wars, rumors, wars, says no, you're going to know the end's going to come when the gospel of has been preached throughout all the nations. That's when the end's going to come. Well, let's do something that I didn't often do as a preacher and, and not many people do. Let's read the next verse. Verse 15 says, So when you see the abomination of desolation spoken of by the prophet Daniel standing in the holy place, let the reader understand. It says, whatever this desolation of, we're going to look at that in a second, but he says, let the reader understand. He says, the whole gospel is going to be preached. And he says, so because it needs to be preached throughout the whole world, when the holy reader comes and there's desolation, the, the destruction because of the wickedness is coming. He said, let the reader understand. The end time is going to come when the gospel is preached and there's people that can read with understand. There's knowledgeable people that can comprehend. That Daniel, Daniel, just write in paper, Daniel 12 and 10. I, I'll paraphrase for you. It says, 
Wicked will continue to act wicked. It says wicked gonna wicked. That's 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 basically what it says. But it says none of the wicked shall understand, but the wise shall understand. Listen to what the Bible says there. None of the wicked will understand, but the wise shall understand. So is it possible that it's wicked for us not to get wisdom? Oh, glory to God. Did I just say that? Yes, I did. Is it possible that ignorance, the scripture here is equating ignorance with wickedness? Like your lack or inability or non-desire to want to get, now nah, this hit me like a ton of bricks. I said, Lord, I repent and I don't even know if there's an area I don't want to get. So I like to learn everything I can. But I see here the scripture is equating wickedness to a lack of getting wisdom to understand. Glory. Let's read a little further. Acts 28. I got to get something out of this. I praise the Lord that you are. Oh, glory. I want to get to the end, but I, I don't want to rush. Acts 28. Acts 28, verse 22 says, But we desire to hear from you what your views are. For with regard to this sect, we know that everything it is spoken against. Now, this was the Romans. They were talking to Paul. And Paul went through... Uh, a number of cities. He's basically in prison. He was being taken from city to city and different things were happening to the different cities he went to. So he finally got to Rome and they were like, oh, yeah, we heard about you. We heard you preach that 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 crazy stuff. Right. And he said, we heard about you. But, well, we want to we want to hear what it is that you said, because we've heard a lot of rumors about what you say. And so 23 and when they had appointed a day for him, they came to him at his lodging in a great number. From the morning till evening, he expounded to them, testifying to, to the kingdom of God. Watch this. He testified to the kingdom of God. Watch this. And trying to convince them about Jesus, both from the law of Moses and from the prophets. So he said he tried to convince, testify them of the kingdom of God, and he tried to convince them about Jesus. Watch this. Watch 24. And some, underline that word some, some were convinced by what he said, but others disbelieved. Some were convinced by what he said and others disbelieved. Underline both of those words. Underline some and underline others that disbelieved. Some were convinced, others were disbelieved. And disagreeing among themselves, 25, they departed after Paul had made one statement. The Holy Spirit was right in saying to your fathers, through Isaiah the prophet, go to this people and say, you will indeed hear, but never understand, and you will indeed see, but never perceive. He said some did. Now, let's, let's do a critical analysis of this just for a second. He said some did. So if some did... The fact that some did means that the will of God nor the attack of Satan fully prevailed. Let me explain this. It's the will of God that all men be saved, come to knowledge of the truth. We know that from scripture. 
So God's will was that everybody got it. But the scripture says some believed. We know that Satan himself is transformed to an angel of light. He's going to and fro seeking whom he can devour. That's his assignment. He's trying to be like the most high God. So it would be his desire that none of the people accepted Jesus as Lord. That, that's a blow to him and his kingdom. When the, the ones believed came out of the kingdom of darkness, came into the kingdom of his dear son. So Satan's attack wasn't fully successful either. God's will wasn't fully done. Satan's attack because it says some, some believe, others disbelieve. So watch this. Listen to this. Some indicates that the greatest force on the planet was in effect. And that greatest force on the planet is the will of mankind. The will of mankind, man's decision, man's choice, because some of them chose to, some of them chose not to. Listen to this in verse 27, the next verse right after this, watch this. For this people's heart has grown dull, and with their ears they can barely hear, and their eyes they have closed. This should sound different to you now. This is about education. Least they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears, watch this, and understand, underline, understand with their heart, with their feelings, their will, their, their thinking, their choosing, their emotions. Understand with their heart and turn. He says, if they would understand with their heart, if they could, if they could comprehend it well enough, if they could see what I was saying, they could understand it and then turn and I would heal them. Now listen, watch this. The word repent means turn. It was a word used that when Jesus said repent for the kingdom of heaven is here, he came using that word because the repent was what they would use at the Colosseum. And repent meant to turn, but it was specifically talking about turn at the column. So as you were doing the races, the chariot races, as you got closer and closer to the wall, if you didn't turn at the column, you would hit the wall. You would miss your point. So you had to repent. You had to repent. You had to turn at the right spot or you would crash into the wall. So the scripture here says, if, if, they, if they could just mentally get the concept, the others who didn't, and then they could turn. But here's the question. Here's the question. How important is it for us to know which direction to turn, to know where to turn, to know how to turn, what to turn to? Because remember, repent, repent of your sins, repent, turn at the column, change your thinking, change your way of life, change your concept, get the logos updated about your lifestyle. But if you're going to turn at the column, repent for a sin, sin meaning miss the mark, if you just shoot again, oh, glory to God. See, if you don't have the comprehension to know exactly what it is you missed it on, just as somebody told you, remember, their fear was taught by men. If somebody told you, don't do that. And so you stop doing that but you didn't get comprehension on 
what it is that you were supposed to stop doing and you started doing something else. Well, you don't know if the something else that you're doing is, is hitting the mark either. And he said it was because their hearts were dull. Church, I'm almost out of time, but in <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, glory to God. I'll let me finish. I'll finish here. I'll, I'll read this, and then I'll I'll, I'll read. One more scripture after this. Hebrew 5 and 11 says, And this we have much more to say. About this we have much more to say. And it is hard to explain, watch this, since you have become dull of hearing. Listen to this in the English standard. He says, they had a lot more to say about the kingdom. And this was talking specifically about Melchizedek and the offering of the high priest and the office. He said, we have a lot more to say, but you're not smart enough. For though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again the basic principles of the oracles of God. You need milk, not solid food. For everyone who lives on milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness since he is a child. But solid food is for mature, for those who have their powers discernment trained by constant practice to distinguish good. He says, they just, they hadn't learned enough. It wasn't about the Bible. It wasn't about, he said, he said, you're not learned enough in the word of righteousness. It wasn't in the Bible. You just, you didn't know what you had a right to because you weren't as educated as you could have been. He said, but the, the remedy then is if we commit to a life of education, commit to a life of learning, commit to a life of knowing not only what we know, but what's the origin of it? Where did it come from? Who taught us that? Who started that? Why do you think the way you think? Why do you believe the way you believe? Why do you think how you think about raising children or you think about marriage a certain way? You think about family a certain way? Or you think about money a certain way? Who taught you that? Who taught you that and who taught them that and who taught them that? And see, if you don't go back to the origin and dig up why it is that I think this way and how is it that I can learn more and apply more and get more knowledge and education because wise man said, it's only a fool who allows his enemies to educate his children. And some of us, have taken education as something that the school system does, that the government does, that other people do. And God gives us that responsibility himself. Oh, glory to God. Can I finish this? John 8, I think I got about five more minutes. I'm going to use my five minutes and I'm going to be finished. John 8, verse 30 says, And he was saying these things, many believed in him. This is Jesus talking. So Jesus, Jesus kept talking. 
and he kept talking and he kept talking and he said many believe so now this is verse 30 but he was talking for the whole chapter and he would say something and he would say abraham's our father we don't have it he said yeah but you don't know what you're saying and they would say something else to show watch this they would show their lack of comprehension of what he was saying so it wasn't that they didn't have Bible because Jesus is preaching. In verse 1, 2, and 3, it was Bible. It was their lack of comprehension. So watch what he does. He works on their comprehension. So why am I saying this to you? Because if you as a person work on your comprehension, you continue to learn. Don't just don't let learning be something that happens in school. Well, just because you graduated high school, you graduated college, that's your degree. But your learning needs to be lifelong. And if your learning continues, your capacity to get more of God will continue. Watch this. Watch this. And Jesus said to those which believe, if you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples. And you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Now, I'm going to say something that might seem controversial, or might seem, but I'm going to tell you, I want you to see this. He didn't say if you abide in the Bible. He said, if you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples. Disciples are people who are committed to the teaching and willing to further it. They're students who are committed to the teaching and willing to further it. But notice he said, if you abide, if you take up residence, if you are continually a part of my word, my word, my word, my word. Not the word, his word. Now you say, well, Jesus' word and his word say, yeah, Jesus' word and the word of God is the same thing. The Bible is the same thing. But get this, everything he said wasn't recorded in the Bible. When he threw out the money changers in the church and the Bible says, and he sat down and taught them after he threw them out. We don't have privy to the transcripts of what he taught. We just know he taught. So, out of his mouth, he was the wisdom of God. But it was wisdom for life, not just wisdom for church. <laughs> so his words included the word of God plus other words that he said. Now listen to this. Listen to this. Verse, verse 37. After he said, you should know the truth and truth shut you free. In 32 and 37 he says, I know that you are offspring of Abraham. Because they kept saying, Abraham's our father. What do you mean? Yet you seek to kill me because my word finds no place in you. Watch. He was saying to them, you have an inheritance. Abraham's your father. You have an inheritance because of Abraham. He's your father. You have that inheritance. But remember Galatians 4 and 1 and 2 says, the heir, as long as he is a servant as a child differeth nothing from a servant. In other words, says a slave. Though he be heirs of all, watch verse 2 says, he's under tutors and governors. The word uses tutors. It doesn't say he's under rabbis. It doesn't say he's under pastors even. It doesn't say he's under apostles. It doesn't say he's under overseers. It says he's under tutors. He's under people who increase his knowledge so that he can comprehend and his learning gets him to a place where he can accept the position he was born for. Glory to God. I am almost out of time. Let me read this last scripture for you. Before I read that, write on your paper, 2 Timothy 4 and 13. Paul, who wrote a good portion of the Bible. 
You know what Paul told them? He says, hey, I'm over here. I'm all isolated. I can't get to you. He says, but when you come, please make sure and bring my books and above all, bring my parchments. Notice he didn't say, bring the, the Old Testament, New Testament. He said, bring the books and bring the scrolls so I can read, so I can continue. The guy who wrote the Bible says, I want to learn because the capacity for God to speak to me the way he does is because of me continuing to be a lifelong learner. Proverbs 19 is where we're closed. Thank you for your time, my church. I love you. I thank God for you. Bless you. Proverbs 19 a says, whoever gets sense loves his own soul. He who keeps understanding will discover good. Whoever gets sense loves his own soul. He who keeps understanding will discover good. I want to challenge you to be a lifelong learner. And I want you to see that as your God-given kingdom assignment, my church. I want you to see learning as something that God said to you for you to embrace. And so as you apply it to all different areas and all different facets, and there's so much more in scripture about this, but I, I've got to leave it there. But I want you to see how important it is for you to be a lifelong learner as a kingdom citizen. God bless you. Pastor Tuck, back over to you, sir. Man, was that not a powerful word from the Lord. We have got to constantly be willing to grow to receive wisdom and, and knowledge and understanding from God. We've got to constantly be on that path of learning. We've got to constantly be willing to increase that level of wisdom that God has for us because if we're going to have the kind of influence that God intended for us to have, we've got to increase our learning. And that's a mandate from the kingdom. And man, I'm telling you, this is such a powerful message because the Bible tells us that his people perish for the lack of knowledge. You know, it's not because of lack of resources. It's not the lack of power. It's not the lack of authority. It's because the things that we do not know that put us in a bad position in the kingdom of God. It's the, it's, that's, it's the things that we don't know that stop us from walking in and operating in the things that God has promised us. And so that's such a powerful message. And I'm telling you, it's just a preview for where we're going in this series. And I'm so excited about this word. But if you listen to this word today and you're like, man, this is some exciting teaching. And I'm just so excited about what God is doing. And I, I want to know how can I be a part of this? Because I, I, I don't even know who Jesus is. You know, you said that you know, I perish because I don't know. I don't even know who Jesus is. Well, you're in the exact right place because the Bible says that if you would simply confess with your mouth, the Lord Jesus Christ and believe in your heart that you could be saved. You got to recognize that Jesus is the son of God and that he gave up his life so that you would not have to die. The Bible says that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. You were born in sin. It's not something that you did. It was a sin trait that was within you. And then you learned how to operate and walk according to that nature that was, that was in you. And because of that, there was a penalty of death on your life. So you were bound for destruction from the day you were born. But God said he did not want you to stay in that condition. And so he sent a redeemer, a savior, somebody to take your place to pay that price for you so you wouldn't have to pay it. And that's Jesus Christ, his son. Jesus came, born of a woman, walked as flesh, 
to show us how we're supposed to be living this life and to give us an opportunity to turn and to live for God. And so if you desire that today, if you believe that God loved you that much to give you another opportunity and you desire that today, all it requires is submitting your surrendering your life unto God, giving him permission to make your every decision, to direct your every step. And if you desire that today, just pray this prayer with me. Precious God, come into my heart. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. I believe that Jesus Christ died for me and I want to make him my personal Lord and Savior. I give him permission to make my every decision. Teach me how to live for you. And if you've prayed that prayer, you're now part of the body of Christ, the family of believers, and there's nothing anybody can do to stop you. The next step in your journey is to find a Bible teaching, Bible believing church where you can grow, where you can have wisdom. Somebody will show you what you need to do to walk this thing out. And if you're looking at us today and you're like, man, this seems like a powerful ministry and you want to be a part of us, just go to our website at www.lovemychurch.org and click contact us. Fill out a connection card and send us a message. Let us know that you're looking for a church home or that you receive salvation today, or you just want to rededicate your life to Christ. And one of our ministers will get back with you with the next steps. They'll give you the information you need to help you walk this thing out. We are a virtual ministry, but we have all of the resources necessary to help you connect and to help you grow. And that's what we're here for, to equip you for this walk of life. Secondly, if you're listening to this message today and you're like, man, this is a powerful message and it looks like a powerful ministry. And I just want to help you guys continue to do what God has given you a mandate to do. And you just want to support us financially. Well, you can do the same thing. Go to our website at lovemychurch.org. Click sow a seed and click a financial seed. You can use cash app, dollar sign, my church Lynchburg, paypal.me forward slash my church Lynchburg. Or you can even use the Givelify app. Or simply go to our website, lovemychurch.org, and click sow a seed. But whatever you do, know that your gifts are going to help us continue to do ministry the way God's called us to do ministry. We are sending out this message, the gospel of Christ, each week with all kinds of programming. We have programs for, for women, for men, for married couples to help people with their relationships. We have programming that's going to help people who are addicted to substance abuse, they have substance abuse issues. We have uh, programming just going to encourage uh, pastors and leaders to help them continue on this journey of helping to build the kingdom of God. We just have stuff that's just going to encourage you, it's going to help you laugh, it's going to help you get that heavy, that spirit of heaviness off of you. But all of these things we have available on this platform that we've built called the My Church Channel. And we're available on Roku, Fire Stick, Apple TV, and Google TV, and soon LG uh, TV, as well as the Apple phones, as well as Android phones, via the My Church on the Go app. And you can even go to our website at mychurchchannel.org. But we've placed all of these resources here so that you can receive the gospel wherever you are, so that you can help empower people with the gospel, because the Bible says that Jesus won't return until the gospel is preached all around the world. So I want to encourage you to sow a seed, partner with us, help us to do God's work in the earth. 
But thirdly, if you've been blessed by this message and you know somebody who needs it, make sure you share with them how you've been watching today. Encourage them to download the My Church channel. Encourage them to visit our website. But let them know how they can get this word. But whatever you do, to make sure you come back and watch us again on next time. God bless you. I'm Pastor Tuck. I'll see you again on next time. Stay tuned for our announcements. I love you. And thanks for watching the word at my church. Amen. God bless you. See you next time. At my church, we help people get better by teaching them how the word works. And we want to make sure there is no excuse not to get the word. It's our goal to make all of our ministries accessible on every smartphone, tablet, PC, and television connected to the internet. So whether you're a man who needs some wisdom, a woman who needs some encouragement, or a couple who needs guidance, the My Church channel has just what you need. Simply search for the My Church channel on Roku, Fire Stick, or Apple TV, or visit MyChurchChannel.org. You can also download the My Church On The Go app from Apple or Google Play App Store. Constantly on the move? Check out the Word at My Church podcast on your favorite podcast platform. Or simply download the Word at My Church skill on your Alexa-enabled device. But whatever you do, make sure to stay connected. See you soon.